0: This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is (laughs) ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Again, I was thrown off a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. Um, usually, ah, sh- Okay. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. We are a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic via genre, trope, movie, or show. Each episode, uh, it's me and my friend Tiny. Hi, Tiny. Sup, guys. Hi, and uh, and usually we're joined by Mike, uh, our our friend Mike at I am Mike White on Twitter. But he is unavailable for us uh, to be here for talking. Um, (laughs) Mike has a big boy job. He does. He does. And he's got... (laughs) It's funny. Mike has a big boy job. He's busy uh, getting things ready for spring break.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's crunch time. Right, right, right. Everyone's about to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Plus he's married and in school. So That's that, true.
0: That'll do it. That's true. So anyway, we miss you dearly, Mike, and uh, we will we will do you proud, as you said in our podcast. We'll never forget you. Well, I mean, we have like 98 episodes of stuff to, <laughs> to back him up on. Literally. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so anyway, this week on the podcast, we're going to talk about Chappie, and we're just going to have you know a good old-fashioned potpourri segment, uh, which is, if this is your first time listening... Uh, Potpourri is a section where we just talk about whatever we want, as long as it smells good, is what we call it. My God, this is a train wreck. Um, (laughs) What? It's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, If you are not turned off by my really uh, lackluster approach at this intro, uh, you can find back episodes at (laughs) ovpodcast.com. So, Tiny. Yes. We watched Chappie last week. We
1: traveled to the enchanted land of South Africa. Johannesburg, because that's where it takes place.
0: So Chappie is uh, the latest from Neil Blomkamp, who did District 9 and Elysium, and uh, Chappie is about a robot. Yep. Yeah, and uh, first of all, let's just get our feelings out there about how we felt about it, just, you know, uh, just broad strokes of how we felt about it. Yeah. How would you feel about Chappie? Um... The first word
1: that comes to mind is rehash because mm-hmm. it just felt like – or recycle. The, the prefix re because right. it, it felt like um, a robot version of District 9. And it was just so wildly derivative that I I just really was unimpressed by most of it. So,
0: Yeah, and uh, you know it's interesting because – I my my initial reaction to it was I really like parts of this movie <laughs> and uh the and the rest of it was just kind of like just uh, not quite there. It it wasn't yeah. Jupiter ascending levels of of just un, like near unwatchability, mm-hmm. but it was more along the lines of like just something didn't go quite it, it didn't quite reach that level of of hooking me in yeah to it, but then we left the theater, <laughs> and uh I believe Amanda, how I may have met your mother joke after this this occurred, but like you mentioned like like you said, it's basically district nine point five yeah <laughs> and uh and then like how can we describe this without going into the spoiler? well, I mean okay, district nine go through tell us about your district nine point five assessment of chappie.
1: Well, I mean, just right off the bat, you can see it in the trailer, the main character, the robot that you know achieves AI, um, is basically a mechanical version of a prawn from mm-hmm. District 9. I mean, they're just, they're so similar, it's not even funny. Yeah. Um,
0: That's where the glass shattered for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: said character faces great adversity. He's ostracized from his race, quote unquote, because he's not really alive it's you know what i mean but like right you know he was yeah um and just it was about an evil corporation trying to capitalize on certain things uh gaping plot hole upon gaping plot hole um
0: uh,
1: i don't know uh, on top of that Charlotte Copley was in it. Right, <laughs> he's in both of them.
0: And there were also um, elements of Elysium in there too. I mean, just like <laughs> the this isn't a character or this isn't a this isn't a spoiler. I don't think, but like main protagonist has a finite lifespan to which he needs to achieve his true, goal. True, yeah, like Elysium. And, yeah, and like that man and what's what's most frustrating to me about neil blomkamp really post post district 9 neil blom neil, neil uh, <laughs> post district 9 neil blomkamp is that he has he, he's like he's just almost there like he mm-hmm. he is there's something that he hasn't in him to create something that's really great like district 9 yeah but for some reason for whatever reason he's he's not creating the exact same thing Per se, at least he didn't with Elysium. That was somewhat mm-hmm. different, but it's just he's playing with that same aesthetic, that same, yeah. that same tool. He's going back to his his tool bag, and it's not, yeah, it's just not constructive growth on his on his uh, of creativity. He needs to break out of his shell. He really does, yeah. and and we'll get to that in a bit. But um, yeah, it just I don't I don't know. And can we talk about? Die Atwood What? The Oh, the uh, the, rappers. the rap group, the
1: yeah. the, the Vissers? Vis- I think that's what they're called. Yeah, I think so. Or Vitters, I can't remember.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't have it in my notes. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's something. Um yeah, so so they play they they're two South African rappers who they play um gangsters that become some through some through quite contrived circumstances, <laughs> they become the surrogate mother and father to Chappie. Right, and I have to say, like the high point of the movie for me was the way that Chappie interacted with the mother, the mm-hmm. Yolandi character. Right. Um. Just I, and I think a lot of that was due to, um, a genuine, a genuine tone that Charlton Copley put into his vocal performance yeah true um and like there was one moment that he after after chappie experiences a hardship as children do um he's like he comes he comes back home to them and he's talking to his his quote-unquote mommy it's just like i like i was like oh my god that feels so much like real like that feels like such a a real genuine mother and son moment yeah and it was just so like it hit me right there, and mm. then i don't, I don't know do you, well, yeah, how do you feel about <laughs> the rappers?
1: agreed I think I think they were the highlight of the movie, really um, they plural, yeah, interesting I, I thought I mean th- they were I think I said this when when we left. they are mm-hmm. undeniably annoying, oh yeah, ridiculous, crazy people. But how perfect were they for those roles? I they mean, they really were. They just—that's if if I were envisioning that kind of character, I would envision them. Yeah. And you know, they're not the best actors, but they were better than those kids from Boyhood. You know. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I mean, sure. I don't know. I just, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I thought so. Chappie did. is a better movie than Boyhood. I don't know about that. <laughs> Not quite.
0: Just kidding.
1: Um I don't know. I th- I give them <clears throat> That was all... more for Mike. <laughs> yeah. I know. I I give them a lot of credit because mm-hmm. as as virgin actors essentially, they I was I was impressed with how they handled the material. Like mm-hmm. like you said, I really I really picked up on and was kind of emotionally affected by uh Yolandi's like maternal instinct, yeah, and and the way she she really embraced it despite her criminal tendencies and whatnot and her general crappiness as a human being, mm-hmm. um, I, I respected that and I thought I thought most of the growth. One of my gripes with the movie is that I don't think Chappie, the character, I I thought his growth was very, it it just kind of like jumped, it just kind of he kind of jumped to different points of like 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 sociological development and like okay. development as a per becoming a person essentially. Right. He kind of just like jumped to like highs and lows.
0: Yeah. It seemed like, uh, as,
1: like as opposed to them being developed. I right.
0: Mean. Yeah. yeah. Like Dev Patel, like he, his character talked about how uh, he's very quickly going to, going to grow and everything, but it seemed more like it wasn't, he was quickly growing. It was, he's growing to suit the plot. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. But I, I, I thought some of the best growth was with, uh, the criminal characters, uh, mm-hmm. the two the two rappers especially. Okay. Um. I mean, I again, I give him credit for that. I give Neil Blomkamp some cr- credit as well uh, for for writing it that way. But mm-hmm. that that's that's the the character development that I appreciated in the movie I, was those two.
0: I'll meet you halfway. Because okay. I did not like the the guy. Oh um, uh, yeah, he was terrible. But yeah. I, I don't know. I
1: just kind of liked the way, the path he took in the movie.
0: Okay. You yeah. Know. Yeah. He did. He did follow a certain trajectory that that was actually. I mean, I, by the end of it, I was actively rooting for him not to get killed. Yes. The first forty-five minutes of the movie, I was like, "Oh my god!" This it. <laughs> it, it wasn't so much his acting. And part of it was his acting, because I mean, come on. Yeah. But a lot of it was due to. I feel like the script was just really kind of on the nose for those characters, and very, very much like, okay, we need to establish that these that these characters are this type of have this type of mentality toward this, and then let's just not let up on that at all until they're ready to grow or or whatever. Yeah, that's Um, right. So and and like they, like Blomkamp really really put in an effort to shove the comparison. The comparison of uh, Chappie to being a child really down our throats. Yeah, um,
1: when he really didn't need to. He
0: really didn't need to. I mean, and, it's
1: an obvious thing.
0: Yeah, and to to do that, and then to do that verbally through through the character, through the Yolandi character, and then have the other character, who I didn't find out his name was Ninja until halfway through the movie. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, um, have him not. Grasp that when it's stated in plain English to him several times throughout the movie, he's Chappie is like a child, so don't give him a gun and teach him how to shoot. Yeah, it's like there's a way that that not only that not only makes me root against the character because he's just you know just dumb. It's a dumb character, but it also just really makes me not connect with it with his journey up until the there's somewhat of a turning point for for his character that is suits the story and I wish it was built toward it better
1: I gotcha yeah What another part of the movie that that bothered me were the 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 cut and dry antagonist and protagonist um, mm-hmm. dev Patel was I, I felt like they were both just kind of plug-in characters mm-hmm. they didn't have much to set them apart from other pro- protagonists and antagonists. Yeah. Uh, but but the, the biggest flaw, I think, was um, Hugh Jackman's character. <clears throat> um, because part of the plot is, I don't think this is a giveaway, part of the plot is that Dev Patel and, and Hugh Jackman are competing developers at this corporation, and Dev Patel's product that he created, the, the robots, they're hugely successful Mm-hmm. and they have a real world that real world application whereas Hugh Jackman's robots that he developed are big and clunky and not very sexy and they're expensive mm-hmm. and there's just they're not very real worldish right. that's the that that's what they lay out in the film uh the thing is basically Hugh Jackman created a tank that can mm-hmm. be ran with someone's mind right uh, and and like throughout the movie it's laid out that police departments are not interested in that because it's it's just way too expensive right it's too it's too adversarial uh it's it's not a utilitarian device like it would just scare the shit out of people and right. they have a great point and i and the whole time i was just sitting there like um i think basically every military in the entire world would be <laughs> all over that thing right like i mean the united states government spends a trillion dollars a year on defense easily mm-hmm. Uh, they might be willing to spring 50 million bucks for, you know, a couple of those things. And I'm just like – I I just don't understand. Like why is this such a – like Hugh Jackman's character is, is just distraught throughout the film because yeah. no one is interested in his technology. I'm like so many people would be interested in that. I just don't – it was a plot hole to me.
0: Yeah, and, and they could have really easily filled it by expanding on just the cl- – like the general climate of the world. I understand – maybe South Africa doesn't have the resources to do this and all that. But I mean, like you said, go to somewhere else. Yeah. Um, China, Russia,
1: us, (coughs) we'd all be all over those things. Exactly. And it's
0: not that far enough, that far enough in the future for us to, for like South Africa to be like the supreme superpower of the, of the world. Right. You talked about the, the protagonists and, and yeah, they're not, they're very, I mean, they're very just very vanilla, very vanilla. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, the antagonists are, well, yeah, the antagonists, well, Hugh Jackman and this, this South African gangster that's up against oh the, my God. yeah, against the, against the, the rappers. Talk about a deus ex machina. Oh my God. Talk about just like the most bland yeah. villain. And did you notice that Blomkamp had a, uh, had 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 captions for him yeah and it wasn't that the same deal in Elysium didn't he do that with a character in Elysium
1: I don't know I can't can't remember remember. I can't remember either
0: yeah um I feel like he did but I I may be mistaken but it's just like 85 to 90 percent of the things that he says is audible and coherent and in the accent isn't too thick right but then there were times where it was like okay well I'm kind of glad that he did that yeah, um, but I mean, come on, dude, just do another take. <laughs> yeah. um, Tell the guy to enunciate exactly. <laughs> but I mean, just his his demeanor throughout the movie, and especially kind of toward the end when when the really hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to go into any specifics, but there's several scenes, several lines of dialogue where he's he just yells very comic book villain like. I want everything. (laughs) Oh my God.
1: He was, yeah,
0: it was so over the top. He was
1: comically maniacal. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and just, it, it it felt like it was supposed to, the movie follows this, this trend where both Hugh Jackman is, is kind of the main antagonist. And this gangster is kind of a sub antagonist. That's disconnected from everything. And he's a threat to the, to the rappers and everything. He's completely superfluous because Hugh Jackman and his, his his big walking tank thing that I'm sure... The moose. Yeah, the moose. <laughs> uh, that I'm sure somewhere in the world James Cameron had a raging heart on when he saw this movie. Because <laughs> um, it's a mech thing. I thought the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's a formidable enough antagonist for the one robot, the two dumbass rappers, uh-huh. and Dev Patel's nerdy thing. And also the... The red shirt of the rappers or or the gangsters. Yeah, yeah. I don't or know. really not red shirt, but extra basically. Yeah, like, pretty much. I mean, he has some good stuff with that, but with Chappie, but
1: yeah, yeah. It's pretty disappointing overall. Um, yeah, yeah. He, I actually, I actually forgot about him. The the <laughs> the crazy South African guy with the dreadlocks who was the
0: the, the their crew member guy. No, or the the, the gangster. The gangster. Yeah, okay, yeah.
1: That I forgot. I forgot about him until you just <laughs> mentioned him. Like, he was just so. Yeah. He was so like yeah the, the his his reason for driving the plot could have been done somewhere else, mm-hmm. it it wasn't necessary, yeah,
0: I, like yeah. I can fix the movie right now, probably, maybe, uh <laughs> off the top of my head, have him be <clears throat> the whole movie is about chappie, Well, parts of the movie are about chappie growing and and the the rappers becoming yeah, you know surrogate mother and father to to him and having conflicting uh ideas about how to raise him and all that stuff. Yeah. Have the gangster come about midway through the movie and attack uh attack the mother and father character and then have Chappie act out and kill him
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then wrestle with the fact that he just killed someone and, and have that consciousness thing. Yeah. Boom. New third act of the movie. Yeah. Uh yeah.
1: <clears throat> that would have been some that would have given a lot more depth to the character of chappie
0: absolutely and oh, yeah. and the funny thing is he is the most three dimensional three dimensional character in this movie yeah um true, yeah, and just uh how about the conceit or the or the setup of how the the gangsters get chappie from dev Patel um that seemed really really Dev Patel's reaction to it seemed very plot convenient.
1: Yeah. Oh my god. The, the, another plot hole that you just mentioned was the security of this this company. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. There's literally a key <laughs> that you can use to turn off the police department. <laughs> it's like, and, and I That's and true. I swear to God, Dev Patel just punches a number into like a keypad to open a gate and walks in and takes this thing and takes it off the premises Mm -hmm. and has it gone for like two, three days and someone ends up calling him at home. Like, Hey, do you have the, the, the guard key or whatever? He's like, Oh yeah, I do. He's like, you need to bring it back or there's going to be some consequences. That's (laughs) essentially the conversation that takes place.
0: The guard key that's in a glass case. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's just like, Oh my God. I was like, really? (laughs) And be like, being that like you and I work professionally as security guards. Yeah how hard is it for a for a massive corporation not to have 24/7 security guards sitting there yeah. sitting by Exactly. like sitting right there that's essentially my job is to sit at a desk for hours just to fill a seat yeah um yeah i, I love my job um <laughs> but they can't do that because then how would deptotle get it then there's your where's your movie <laughs> yeah right
1: I don't know. I think it would have made more sense to have the the guard key be under massive security, and then the uh, I don't know. Maybe somehow Dev Patel reprograms the the robot, and they use that robot to get the guard key or something. Yeah.
0: Or just I mean, I Dev know. Patel created the robots. Why does he need to go? Why does he need to go through the struggle of getting this this? MacGuffin of, of a device to turn off the th- turn off all robots. Can't they just show him typing into a computer, some hacker thing or whatever, yeah. reprogramming it straight from his terminal or something?
1: Right. He, he probably would have built in a safeguard that only he knew about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Something. Yeah, that would have been much easier.
0: Yeah. I I don't know, but I mean, you know. I wanted to like this movie a lot. I wanted yeah. to love this movie because I really want to give Blomkamp a, a good chance. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He he hasn't really... I mean, he just really hasn't wowed me since District 9. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, and, and we talked a couple weeks ago about him going on to doing Alien, mm-hmm. ta- tackling the Alien franchise. Having seen Chappie now... <laughs> How do you feel about that?
1: I just hope he doesn't write it. Because, mm. I mean, the, like I said, I, I haven't said m- many good things about the movie yet, but one of the things I loved is that Chappie the robot looked so real. Yes. it was. That's how good the CGI was. Mm. I mean, like, there were a few times where I was seriously like, okay, is that is that an actual physical effect or is that CGI? I genuinely couldn't tell. Yeah. That's how good the CGI was. Um, so that's something that, if he can, if he can transfer that, that kind of realism to a uh, an alien in the movie Alien um, <coughs> Xenomorph, I couldn't think of what they're called. If he can transfer that to a Xenomorph <laughs> in the Alien franchise, I'd be all over that shit. Oh yeah, uh, visually speaking. So and and you know, I think Feckus said the guy he can he can shoot an action scene as well as just about anybody, uh, and I agree with that too. So if i think if if he just doesn't write it and he's not really responsible for the structure of the story and all that stuff i'm still pretty interested in what he can do with it but i've definitely lost a little bit of faith
0: yeah at this point and I, what i think what i hope is that he tackling a, an established franchise will get him get him the out of south africa <laughs> <laughs> and out of this aesthetic that he's created for himself he's he's dug himself into a rut of creating the same Visual, visual, um, aesthetic to a movie, and I I want to see him branch out. It's still going to be science fiction, but I I want to see him do something that is against what he's been doing visually. Um,
1: yeah, even in Elysium, L.A. felt like Johannesburg.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I forgot that that was L.A. Right. Um, I forgot that movie. I, and, and the funny thing is, I think that it was like either in an honorable mention or on my top 10 list
1: <laughs> yeah I think it was
0: yeah
1: um yeah Matt is drenched in regret right now yeah uh, you know dripping the funny th- <laughs> with it
0: I'm sorry <laughs> you know the funny thing is I haven't even revisited Elysium so yeah. I don't know how I'll feel about it when I when I go back to it <clears throat>
1: I did and I, I I my feelings were reinforced essentially really yeah ugh. So.
0: And the funny thing is, I haven't had the urge to, to revisit it either. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So let's see what else. That's really all my notes for Chappie. Do you have any parting words for it? Scorny Weaver's character was pretty useless. She was, but man, she's aged so well. Yeah, she has. Um, it was funny because I was, uh, I was out with uh, Yuri. And Uh and Molly and Jenny, I have friends, guys. (laughs) And, uh, and John, and John and I were talking about, uh, talking, talking about Chappie. And then, (laughs) like, the girls were at the table talking amongst themselves. And then I said, wow, Sigourney, like, talking to John, I'm just like, yeah, Sigourney Weaver looks really good for her age. And then, all three of all three of the girls on the table were like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> like oh my in god. unison. Really? Yeah, because all they heard was saying, Looks really good for her age. <laughs> oh my god. It's <laughs> like, yeah, that's funny. All three of them are young. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. Thought that was thought that was pretty funny. Yeah,
1: I my parting words are I just I I I don't know. Neil Blomkamp just needs to do he just needs to rethink his whole strategy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, if he just keeps cranking out these repetitive movies, it's eventually he's going to fail pretty hard. Right. Um, he keeps kind of tricking
0: us. (laughs) (laughs) He really does. And he's writing such a line there that he's, I don't know, like, um, a lesser, a lesser filmmaker wouldn't, I don't even know if I'd say a lesser filmmaker would squeak by with this because I mean, you know, he's, He hasn't really shown himself past District 9. Right. He hasn't developed, really. He really hasn't. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the problem. I think that we're all just kind of yearning for the, the next District 9. Mm-hmm. And he keeps bringing us the next District 9. Yeah. But I think what we really, really deep down want is just the new Neil Blomkamp movie. Right. Um, but we don't want it to be that uniform movie. Yeah. So here's hoping that Neil Blomkamp's Aliens... Alien movie is <laughs> good. Yeah,
1: hopefully. <laughs>
0: hopefully. Yeah. Potpourrifully. Wow. Horrible, horrible transition. <laughs> um, And as I said at the top of the episode, if this is your first time listening, Potpourri is the section of the episode where we just talk about pretty much anything that we're into movie and TV related, into, looking forward to, interested in... Whatever. Um so yeah, last last week, um I kinda did something a little different.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And I basically went through the different streaming services that I uh I I viewed, I guess.
1: That you're subscribed and, to?
0: Yeah. And I I'll I'll go ahead and go first. Okay. And this one isn't anything that I watched or anything like that, but I referenced that when I moved into my new apartment, which is eight days from now. Uh, oh my God, I'm so
2: excited. No pressure.
0: Um, right. Um, I'm going to get I, – I have Netflix now. I have Hulu Plus. I have Amazon Prime. and I'm getting it get HBO Now. Now, <laughs> uh, I'm not because it's – they announced at – um the Apple event, the recent Apple event, that HBO now is going to be Apple exclusive at launch. And it's yeah. going to be exclusive to the iOS devices. Right. <clears throat> Which, to my knowledge, and backed up by Tiny, um, is just the mobile like like iPads and I- iPhones and right. the
1: And I think Apple TVs as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the thing the thing that they're doing is that they want to Really push Apple TV. Yeah. And I know that Apple TV is apparently like really good. I know people have used I think uh, uh, Greg from Rare Libertarians has used it. Um, my, my girlfriend Paige has one. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that, but I pretended awesome. I did. Nice. And then also our friends at uh, Cinema Rolls Podcast, uh, Alex, he talks about it frequently on their show. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I mean it sounds really cool. And they actually dropped down the price to like $69. I don't know. Is that for the actual television
1: no, that's just a little just box. The box. That's a little box. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's normally $99. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's huh. only temporary.
0: Temporary? Like a temporary price cut?
1: I think so. I, I want to say it's only for, maybe only for like the first month. Really? Maybe. maybe I might be misremembering what I read because it's been a week or so. That may might just be for the first month of the first year or something. like I don't know.
0: And this is basically, it'll tie into like iTunes and stuff. So if you rent something from iTunes, it'll play to your Apple TV. Yeah. Okay. Well
1: that's how that always
0: is. Right, right, right. I mean yeah. like this is something that's like like how if we if if you were to rent if I were to rent something from Amazon Prime, like rent like pay for them to rent something, I could go on to Amazon Prime in uh in my PS3 and watch it. Mhm. There, I guess. Um so Apple TV is that how it works? <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Is it subscription based, do you know? Do you have to pay like a monthly thing or is it like once you have the box it's your set?
1: Your are set. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's I mean it's the same thing as a Roku or a Chromecast okay. or, or a Fire Stick. Huh? Yeah. It's um, it's 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 a it's a um um it's a box. It's it's mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a entertainment box. It's not a it's not a screen or anything.
0: What's in the box? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so it just hooks up to the TV and it's like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Now I'm kinda wondering if I should spring for that.
1: Yeah, I mean I like the one that Paige has. It's it's pretty cool. I mean it's mm-hmm. no complaints. I, I don't know how well it supports Amazon content. Okay. Because you know, Apple and Amazon don't get along. Right. Um or Apple and is it Apple and Google? Uh, all, of them, all of them.
0: Everyone. Yeah. There, there's. Yeah.
1: There's no love there.
0: Yeah. There's infighting across the board. Right. So
1: um, I, I don't. I don't know how well <clears throat> Apple TV supports Google and Amazon stuff. Okay. I, I haven't explored that, but there might might be some issues there.
0: Hmm. I wonder if it would be redundant to get it with like I have a Chromecast. I wonder if it would be like redundant there is it just apple tv stuff or do they have apps in it like is that what you just There's did? apps in it just like a
1: Roku or really? or, or a, a Fire Amazon Fire
0: and you don't know um, how compatible it is with like Google Play or or, or Amazon or I don't it's um, probably it has nothing to do with Google Play obviously
1: no probably not i mean i i just don't know like like for example when i i have an Amazon an Amazon Prime app for my iPhone mm-hmm. so if i want to buy a movie I have to, I can look it up, learn everything about it on the app. Mm-hmm. But if I want to buy it or rent it, I have to leave the app, open up a web browser, and purchase it from the Amazon website. Then reopen the app, and I can watch it.
0: Really? So, so stupid. You, you can watch it in on your iPhone. You just can't buy it from the app.
1: That is ridiculous. It is so stupid. Huh? Yeah.
0: I have the same I have the same issue. I haven't been able to figure out if there is a way. I don't think there is for me to watch anything Amazon Prime related. On like my Google tablet or my or my uh, uh Android phone really? and then stream it to Chromecast yeah <clears throat> I don't even know if I can watch anything natively from Amazon on either of those devices. It has to be on my p s three in the app there yeah or on my uh in my browser
1: yeah, and that's what's i mean that's what's a bummer is like I can go to my roku mm-hmm. and it will it'll run Amazon stuff great. The Amazon Prime app for Roku's, it's a little, uh, I think you mentioned that it's, the interface mm-hmm. is it's just kind of plain, yeah, kind of bare bones. It's the same thing in the Roku one. Okay. Um, so maybe that's just, just, just a symptom of how new it is. Huh. Um, but other than that, it runs great.
0: Okay. So. And you said that uh, your girlfriend Paige is a fan of the Apple TV? Yeah, she likes it. Well, I we've mean, got her here. She's going to come out. And- I'm kidding. <laughs> I just really wanted to make that. Joke as if it was some TV show. Oh, my God. So dumb. You are not the father. (laughs) That would be weird if she birthed an Apple TV, though. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Paige. (laughs) Anyway. I'll
1: tell her not to listen.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. She should listen. Well, she subscribed
1: on her phone, so. That's right. (laughs) Did it for her. I forced her. Nice. Sorry.
0: So, anyway. Um... Yeah, so maybe I'll consider getting an Apple TV. I'm so ridiculous with this whole cord cutting thing. I've been saying cord cutting every every episode for the past like well, three it's, weeks.
1: It's a new thing. I mean, it's just like saying cable or internet, it, exactly. And yeah, I'm it's...
0: actively trying to do that. And the problem is, I like I'm moving into my apartment next weekend, and I have a scheduled. <laughs> I'm moving in the twenty seventh the 28th i'm getting cable or i'm getting my internet installed yeah because i don't want any lag between that uh uh-huh. um, and so when i talked to the guy like the guy is a a comcast guy who's contracted to that apartment complex or has a deal with the, my complex mm-hmm. so i asked him like okay how can i just get just internet don't want any cable anything like that and i believe he said that the base that the base, the base level internet Service that he provides to that complex is their $40 a month, um, internet plus like 10 channel package or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of was like, okay, I just want to go home and eat my Subway. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to figure it all out when I, when I see him on, on next week, but I'm hoping I can just get just internet cause that's yeah. kind of my whole thing. That's really all you need. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll look into Apple TV, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm very curious if it'll be redundant to have that alongside my Chromecast, because uh, I'm planning on. I mean, I'm so redi- Like this is why obsessive viewer exists. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm I have a Chromecast. I have tablets. I have a tablet and a phone that'll use Chromecast for all of my needs for Netflix, Hulu, all that junk. Uh-huh. I have a PS3 that'll run Amazon Prime. And I'm still considering getting, I'm definitely going to get a small TV for my bedroom mm-hmm. and a second Chromecast uh, <laughs> to stream stuff to that. And it's just, um, this is, you know, <laughs> this is why it's a one-bedroom apartment. I'm going to be living alone. <laughs> this is why I'm alone, people. Oh, my God. Anyway, it's getting weird. Tiny, what's your first potpourri?
1: <laughs> um, my first potpourri uh, also happens to do with, ha- happens to do with words. <laughs> um, with the fact that I've been hanging out with Paige so much lately, mm-hmm. um, because you know when you get into a new relationship, you have your hobbies mm-hmm. collide, and so like I've been getting used to what she watches on TV, and so, Uh-oh. <laughs> so uh oh, so I she has great taste, she really does. But um, we've been watching. She remember gotten, you
0: said that you you were going to tell her not to listen to this episode. So be honest. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: No, she's gotten me hooked on um. It's called the DIY Network, which obviously do it really? yourself, which it's basically I I I feel you're going to be disappointed in me cuz it's basically a reality <laughs> TV show. Okay. It's reality TV like um there's this one show called Rehab Addict, which is not what it sounds like. Okay. It's it's about this lady who's from Detroit and she she basically flips houses. Okay. But what she likes to do is she likes to to take older like historic homes and restore them to their original quality. Oh. So she gets like she buys like a lot of old homes from like the 1880s, 90s, 1900 and these homes have been, you know, remodeled in the 50s or the 70s and they have awful just awful stuff, terrible tile and gross cabinets and stuff and she re- she restores all this stuff <laughs> on a pretty small budget and and does it with her own intuition as opposed to like and her own skills, as opposed to like bringing in contractors and huh. and just buying new stuff, she tries to restore stuff. And it's just really interesting because she she mentions history all the time, okay. and so that's what I love about it. she nice. she's a really smart lady, um, and it's just kind of fun to watch. It's it's like it's kind of like watching a story, just watching hmm. her restore these houses. It's really interesting.
2: Huh.
1: Um, and then there's these. It's a series of shows, basically, just called like Kitchen Crashers or yard crashers or bathroom crashers. It's basically <laughs> a contractor will go to like a Lowe's or a Home Depot mm-hmm. and they will find a couple or someone who's there and they're like, "Yeah, I'm here trying to buy stuff to redo my huh. my bathroom or whatever." And and the person, the contractor will be like, "All right, well, I'll tell you what, we will redo your whole bathroom in 3 days." Uh, if it's really a bad bathroom. And so this contractor will just go home with these people, and they're like, yeah, your bathroom's really bad. We're going to redo it for you. We're going to crash your bathroom. And... It's, it's dumb. That's the, it's, <laughs>
0: that's the weirdest way to pick up people ever. <laughs> it is. And
1: like, and like one of them, it's the, the kitchen crashers. The contractor, mm-hmm. the, the host is this, she's, she's unbelievably hot. Really? She's a smoking hot lady, uh, which I've admitted as much in front of page. Kitchen crashers? <laughs> kitchen crashers. Okay. She has a porn name too. Her name is Allison Victoria.
0: Oh my God. I know, right? Are you serious? Yeah.
1: And so it's like, it's funny because you can just tell how they build, they build, um, sexual tension into the show because they know how hot she is. Really? Because whenever she's trying to get one of the couples to like accept her proposal, she's like, So do you want me to come home with you today? I swear to God, Jeez. she says that every time. I'm like, Yeah, that's not strategic at all. all right. Um, so it's, it's just kind of funny in that respect to see how, how silly it is. But I don't know, like, it's just, Someday I'd love to buy a, a, a rundown house and, and redo it myself, and and do some of my own DIY it. I want to do it myself. And yeah,
0: definitely to DIY that <laughs> Matt's <laughs> looking at pictures <laughs> of Alex yeah. and
1: Wow. Yeah. So. Huh. But yeah, well, it's, it's just it's it's just fun to see what they do. Um, it's it's a little it's kind of just trashy TV, but yeah, I really enjoy it. So. Okay. That's. That's like whenever I spend time with Paige. That's pretty much what we watch the whole time. Really? Um, and it's that. That's one reason why I haven't been up to date on like a bunch of other shows because <laughs> I've just really gotten hooked
0: on that stuff, and it's it's really kind of fun to watch. Okay. No judgment here. This is really? judgment free sunroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> in this nice colonial, I don't know what a colonial <laughs> house is. Not so much. No, it's a it's nice a colonial double. No, you know, it's funny, and I'll go on a little bit of a tangent here that I am adamantly against trashy reality TV, but in the vein of keeping up with the Kardashians, um, just trash socialites, obviously pandering fakeness to that. And I mean, these types of reality shows, these do-it-yourself reality shows, these house-flipping shows, this kind of... Any type of reality TV has built into it a fictional kind of setup, conceit, that yeah. it's it's highly, probably highly fictionalized. I don't know. I'm <laughs> completely baseless accusations against my new Google image search for the <laughs> rest of the month. <laughs> um, Alice and Victoria, but... <clears throat> Jesus, what if she has like a Google alert or something? Anyway, um, I'm gonna put her name in the description. She's probably used to it by now. Probably, yeah. Oh my god! But those kinds of shows, it's funny because on like Nerdist, if you if you remember Matt Myra on the Nerdist podcast, he's a big fan of like uh, bargain bargain hunter, or yeah. bargain whatever storage wars, storage wars, those yeah. kinds of shows, and they've talked they've talked about it. <coughs> They've talked about it quite a bit and there's there is a quality or there is an appeal to watching these kinds of just not, like trashy turn off your brain television mm-hmm. like I referenced my my friends Yuri and John uh, back when they lived lived here in Indianapolis <laughs> I would go over to their house and we would get drunk and we would watch tanked yeah. and I've re- mentioned it on the podcast it's just basically this highly you know highly dramatized Look at uh, people who create aquariums like high 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 fashion high end aquariums for rich people in Vegas, uh-huh. and it's just so so much manufactured drama for the sake of television. Yeah. But it, the finished product is interesting, and it's it's entertaining. Yeah, yeah it's I mean, it's a good way to just kind of turn off your brain and just not have to commit to a a narrative structure Mm -hmm. for a season or something and remember all of these plot elements and juggle so much of creativity that I can see the appeal of just sitting down, hitting, hitting play and Mm -hmm. just mainlining like five episodes of people buying a a house. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, maybe at some point I'll, you know, I'll take the plunge and and do that cuz I know that you I I can understand why you would be attracted to that because you'd spent all last year watching just so much stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um let's see. Uh my next one I like I said I'm I'm kind of uh switching around or I'm just talking about each streaming service. Um So I'm going to save Netflix for the end because I have a few things for Netflix, but I'll talk really briefly about Yahoo Screen and uh, Community's sixth season. Nice. Yeah, which I won't talk much about the season six premiere because I I wrote a review on ObsessiveViewer.com and I plan on watching the second episode here tonight or maybe tomorrow and writing a review of that. And then also I should have a review of my experience watching Yahoo Screen up hopefully by the time this episode is uh, posted. Anyway, for those not in the know, Community was canceled by NBC last year, and Yahoo Screen in June picked it up uh, and renewed it for a sixth season. Now, Yahoo Screen hasn't really had much of anything on it. Um, I did a a cursory uh, Wikipedia research on it that apparently yahoo screen is it originated as yahoo video and and had a bunch of user-generated content and then they kind of they were trying to catch up with uh like youtube like way way back in the day and then they just kind of rebranded and redid a bunch of stuff and then now it's yahoo screen and it's getting mm-hmm. on the on-demand stuff and i think they're like one like big big name thing before community was um burning love are you familiar with that?
1: Yes. It's Ken Marino yeah. and uh, the whole. Huh? Is it the um, Wet Hot
0: American Summer crew? Those people? I think there's a bunch of people from that on there. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was like their big one. And it was nominated for a few Emmys, I think. Okay. Yeah. And, but it was like, it was just a, 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 web, a web series, essentially, I mm-hmm. believe. But community is. I have to first talk about how. Yahoo screen it, it, Yahoo they did a smart thing. It was a smart mar- smart marketing decision to instead of pouring millions and millions of dollars into a a bunch of pilots and a bunch of of new series they didn't know if they were going to be good or they didn't know if they would have the, they would get the audience there. They went and they bought community and basically co-opted an existing fan base, satisfied them by resurrecting their show mm-hmm. and is now putting it onto a platform for its fan base to watch free free of charge. Yeah. And, I mean, I commend the hell out of them for that. Uh But there are some issues I had with watching the first episode. Um, The quality of the episode itself, very solid. Uh, It was a little cluttered um, because it was a lot of kind of – a lot of okay. These are the characters. These are these are the characters that are gone from the show now. These are the characters that uh, are here. Here's a new character. Here's reestablishing all the dynamics and all that stuff. Um, but it was it was very much, very much community, and I, <laughs> I was just so happy to be watching it. Yeah. Like I was just I was like this is making me so happy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yahoo Screen. <sighs> I'll say this with the caveat that I was watching this at 6 a.m. on the day that the episodes were released. <laughs> so there is very much a possibility that it was just overloaded server and they just needed to work out the kinks. I'll know more when I watch the second episode. But there were three times during the episode that it was buffering. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And, uh, and I should mention also that it, it, the – the premiere was two episodes back-to-back – were not back-to-back, but they had two episodes uploaded. And then each week – they're not following the Netflix model of just dumping an entire season. They're doing right. – every every week they're going to have one episode, traditional uh-huh. n- network uh, scheduling. And they also have ads like Hulu Plus. Mm-hmm. So there's about three ad breaks through it. The one issue I had with that – I don't mind ads and I've, I don't remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast or not, but watching Hulu Plus is actually – it's it's it sparks a weird nostalgia for me because I'm so accustomed to streaming Netflix and and watching things without commercial interruption, skipping past it on DVR, that having that like short like 15, 15 20 second advertisement break in between episodes of television, it's just it feels like so, it feels like a throwback to a certain type of viewing experience that's almost completely dead now. Huh. <clears throat> so it's it's just weird. But with Yahoo Screen, um, I think the problem is that they they bought Community, and for whatever reason, they didn't really. I, I think they maybe they got a pretty good deal with this, but they didn't get that many advertisers for it. There's like, oh really? Yeah, throughout the first. I mean, there's two. There's three ad breaks, maybe four actually ad breaks throughout the episode and each one was like the, like the same two commercials. Oh really? Yeah. And it, it just kind of, and like there was one Honda fit commercial that just has this guy that's like by the end of it, by the end of the episode, I was like, this guy's kind of weird. <laughs> like he's kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, just the way that he delivers some of the lines. And it's like the reason that I had those feelings is that I'm seeing them repeatedly in a 30 minute time span. And there was also the issue, but, but that's not, that's not a big issue at all. Um, The big issue is the buffering, uh, three, three times throughout it. It stopped buffered, loaded up again, worked fine. But then right after the last ad break, it went back to, went back to the show and then buffered again and then just knocked me out of it and knocked me back to the Yahoo screen home screen. Hmm. And so I had to start the episode over again, like, uh. Uh, swipe up to the to the point in the episode where I stopped, and then I had to watch the advertisements again <laughs> oh, man. before it started. But then after that, it worked fine. Huh. So I'll I'll have more, and I'll report back, and I'll have that post up later this week to describe my feelings on season two or episode two, uh, the experience of watching on Yahoo Screen. Finally, the other thing about Yahoo Screen is that my entertainment vessels are <laughs> uh, a, a an aforementioned. Uh, android phone, a samsung galaxy note tablet, a ps3 and a samsung flat screen tv led. and yeah. the only way that i and also a, a macbook pro. the only way that i can find to watch yahoo screen is on my tablet or on my phone really? or on my laptop on the in the browser. Uh-huh. there's no way for me to cast it using chromecast onto my tv and there's no app on PS3 that I'm aware of mm-hmm. to watch on on PS3. Apparently there's an Xbox app, but I don't have an Xbox. I see. So I don't know. I'll, I'll play with it a little bit more. Maybe there might be something on P- PS3. I'm not sure. but
1: I meant yeah. to look and see if there's a Roku app for Yahoo Screen, but I just mm-hmm. didn't get around to it. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. There might be.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, hmm. but yeah, so that's my experience with Yahoo screen. It's, and it's not a problem watching it on my tablet. I mean, I'm I, like, it was actually kind of a, a weird comfort comfort, I guess, because I basically woke up 45 minutes before my alarm went off and just re- and was browsing Facebook and saw like, Oh, Whoa, community it's back. Uh-huh. So I just grabbed my tablet, put on my glasses Press play, and it was there. Nice. And, uh, yeah.
1: It's the beauty of on demand.
0: It is. And it and I didn't even have to get out of bed. Right. Uh, or turn on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: so. curious if the uh, – I'm curious with how the ads might change because mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if given how instantaneous data is for mm-hmm. streaming things online, I kind of wonder if they, they, something like Yahoo Screen, who's doing what they're doing, I wonder if they'll just kind of set up a bid like, hey, the, the first episode we had these kind of numbers. So mm. maybe they can change their advertising from week to week
2: Ooh.
1: based on how interesting how good or poor the numbers oh. are.
0: You know, that's really interesting, and I'm curious how Hulu Plus handles that because Netflix I know when they when they were first jumping into like original programming stuff, they played it very close to the close to the vest about how how much they were, how how their viewership was going, how their numbers were, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's not ad based, right? So I'm kind of curious if there's like an, a market for advertisers to go and uh, I mean, it's it's the same template as television and and everything, right? Exactly. Essentially,
1: yeah. But it's 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 more ac- way more accurate, way
0: way more accurate. Yeah. And that's why I mean, one of the big things that started this entire obsessive viewer empire is my hatred for the Nielsen ratings Yeah, and I love seeing them getting pushed out. Yes. Um, Agreed. Yeah. And also really briefly last thing about Yahoo screen. I have a theory and it's not, I don't know if it's going to, st- I'm going to look like an idiot, but there is uh happy endings, a show we all love. Yeah. There is, I posted a long series of screenshots, I think, on our Facebook page weeks ago about how the happy happy endings writers Twitter account has this this um, mysterious countdown yeah. website that counts down to April 1st
2: yeah
0: April Fool's day. They tweet a bunch of very sly subtle references to the show and the the hint of a comeback. Uh, showing like just tweeting tweeting out just a picture of Michael Jordan's first game back at I, did I talk about this on the podcast I don't know <clears throat> I don't know either but Michael Michael Jordan's first game back after retirement uh, they had a <laughs> either I think a YouTube video of Frankie Valley and the four seasons <laughs> fourth season <laughs> oh my gosh and just a bunch of stuff like that and And then I I dug a little deeper and I saw on their Twitter account, they only follow five people Wow! and three of three or four of those, those Twitter accounts that they follow are streaming services. Oh my gosh. They follow Amazon, they follow Netflix and the most recent follow was Yahoo screen. (laughs) (laughs) And I've got to wonder if after now that, now that, um, community is up on Yahoo screen, the anticipation's going to die down all that stuff what if on april 1st they announce hey we're bringing back happy endings too yeah and digging into more of the established fan base thing Hmm. yeah
1: i don't know yeah i, I read about it i read about it a little bit too and i guess the the actress who plays penny mm-hmm. i can't think of her name
0: oh don't don't kill this for me
1: <laughs> okay. i can't name her either i mean her. go
0: ahead i mean i mean yeah i'm I'm talking about don't kill my my theory. oh okay but if you if go ahead
1: sorry <laughs> she she was on a podcast and someone brought that brought that up because she's married really? she's married to the showrunner yeah yeah David casp and uh someone brought it up and she was basically saying like she was being pretty vague but she was saying like oh yeah
0: it's probably just a joke oh my god if it is i'm gonna be so mad yeah and i can't
1: I, I she, she was real vague and like kind of tongue in cheekish about huh. it. So, like... I mean, I read about it on Uproxx. So I know how much you like that. Oh, God, that yeah. That publication. <laughs> um, but it, I, I guess the fan theories are still that they're just... There's people theorizing that they're just playing a joke. Mm. And then there's other people theorizing that she's just in on... In on the whole thing. Right. And they're going to announce that it's back. So it's... Yeah. It's still up in the air after that. But she she kind of played it weirdly when she was asked about it. I don't remember the podcast.
0: Yeah, I have up the article now from Entertainment Weekly and her quote is I don't know, it's nothing to my knowledge. I think it might be our writer's assistant was joking around and unfortunately I don't think it's welcome it's a welcome joke for everyone.
1: Yeah, she could just be in on it.
0: It, it, it could be and like today uh-huh. today um I think vulture.com they're they're always really on top of doing like uh, uh, what's coming up on Netflix and everything? Uh-huh. I posted it to the Facebook page and they uh, like I, I looked and I was like, okay, well, maybe like what if it's just like April 1st is like when Netflix kind of starts to get like, like first of the month is when Netflix kind of gets more stuff in. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just coming to Netflix or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked and it's not on the list. So that kind of uh-huh. gave me a little bit of hope, but hmm. much like the Yahoo screen uh thing we'll table this discussion yeah and come back to it okay. um yeah so what else do
1: you got for us tiny uh i'm going to stick to the same thread mm-hmm. in that new stuff i've been watching um my girlfriend is a big fan of the show mike and molly Oh, okay. Yeah, which, which
0: uh, well, Melissa McCarthy. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah,
1: Melissa McCarthy. Okay. Uh, it's also produced by Chuck Lorre. Oh, I didn't know that. One of three or four shows because he does Big Bang Theory, Two and a Half Men.
0: Not anymore because that show's dead. Thank God it's dead.
1: Um, and then Mike and Molly. He might do something else too. I I don't know. Um. And so I she's a big fan of it and I've been watching it. She loves Melissa, Melissa McCarthy and so do I. Mm-hmm. Um and so I've been watching some of it with her and it's 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 just so similar in style to The Big Bang Theory. Really. And Two and a Half Men and that it's it's it just writes everything very everything is written so conveniently and I would go so far as to say that it's a pretty lazily written show. Really? Um, like, there's a character on there. He's in. It takes place in Chicago, Chicago which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the characters have Chicago accents. But there's one character, Melissa McCarthy's mother, is dating this guy. They've been dating for a while. Mm-hmm. And he's this Italian Chicago native. And he does a really good Chicago accent, but... They just have to play up. They beat you over the head with how Italian he is. Really? I swear to God, in one scene, he's wearing a tracksuit and a gold chain. Oh, my God. He's eating a cold cut, (laughs) and he's talking about connections to the mafia. Jesus Christ. Like, okay, we get it. He's Italian. Like, I was just like, oh, my God. Just simmer down. And there's just many examples of that just hmm. throughout the show. And it's just like, it's just, I just, it's just not clever to me. Um, yeah, I'm not saying it's unfunny. I laugh at it regularly. Okay. Uh, it's, it's another example of what you were saying where you just kind of shut, just kind of sh- turn off and just go for the ride and right. see what happens. But it's, it's part of the reason why I've, I've, I basically stopped watching the big bang theory. Really? Um, when yeah. was the last time you watched it? I have, I, I don't remember. I think I watched a few episodes from the latest season, which was season seven, maybe Jesus or six. I don't know. Jesus. I watched a little bit of it, and I'm just—I just don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's—I'm just basically—I'm—I'm I'm done with Chuck Lorre. Nice. Uh, yeah, I—I—I I, I don't know. I just wanted to comment on Mike and Molly. I just don't. It's—it it, just—it shows to me. I've never really watched any Two and a Half Men. I think I've seen like one episode, but. um it it just reinforces that he he's a lowest common denominator writer, yeah, and, and creator and showrunner. That's he has carved out and forced onto television his his way of making shows, and it's it's annoyingly successful. Yeah, that
0: way. Um, I hate like hell to give the guy any credit, um, but I mean it's kind of it's almost. <laughs> It's special (laughs) (laughs) that he, I mean, I can, I can, I guess say that I respect the guy for recognizing the business of television and taking it hostage, taking creativity hostage Mm -hmm. in order to be successful. Yeah. And he, but it's pandering, it's a pandering creativity, a pandering lack of creativity goes into these television shows Mm -hmm. that appeal to just broad audiences um, and I just realized that your girlfriend's a fan of Mike and Molly. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about like Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men. Does she watch those? Uh,
1: she watches Big Bang Theory. God damn it! Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so sorry, Paige. <laughs> um, no, it's just it's kind of just a a, a surprising lack of anything creative. It's playing with uh, with genre uh, genre and and stereotypes stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a, a genre and and just the sitcom. S- standard practice is yeah. the word I'm coming up with.
1: Right. And, you know, the, the guy cut his teeth on Roseanne back in the day, which is a far superior franchise.
0: Right. I, I was never into Roseanne.
1: Yeah. I, I watched it sparingly, but I think it, it was substantially better than what he's come up with. So, but I mean, give the guy credit for Two and a Half Men was the biggest show on television for a while. The Big mm-hmm. Bang Theory was the biggest show on television for a while. Um, network anyways right you know? so yeah i mean i give him credit for that but i don't i'm I'm not sure how much of an achievement that is anymore
0: yeah it's it's the same as and i mean this is a tired reference and it's maybe not even that apt but i mean tyler perry carved his carved a niche or took a niche market and he marketed to a specific demographic and it played extraordinarily well yeah um, and that's, that's the kind of cut from the same cloth. So is that what you got for yours? Over there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Sorry to harp on the same thing. No, no, it's, it's, it's good. Okay.
0: Um, I'm going to go ahead and just jump off to jump off. Um, I'm going to go, since you brought up Chuck Lorre and, and his stuff, I'm going to go jump off a building. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to jump, jump to uh Netflix, uh, three movies I watched. Mm hmm. Which is surprising because I, I haven't watched that many movies lately. Um, <laughs> the first one, I'll t- well, I'll save that one for last, I guess, because you, you might have more to talk about it because I know you've seen it. But uh, the first one is quite possibly one of the funniest things I've seen in recent memory that made me laugh consistently throughout it. Wow. Uh, it's called Mortified Nation. Okay. It's a documentary ish uh, documentary about this this performance art this kind of stage performance thing that has has swept the nation I guess or swept theater circuits and stuff it's basically people go up on stage with (laughs) their diaries, journals yeah. and stuff from childhood and adolescence and stuff and they read them <laughs> on stage to an audience and it is f- hysterical. <laughs> I mean, um like I, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's there's one one clip that isn't even in the in the documentary. It's just in the montage of of clips as the credits roll on, on uh, as the opening credits play out, but <laughs> it's this woman on stage reading from her diary, saying, "I just put down my copy of of uh, the Diary of Anne Frank. I can totally relate to what she's going through." Oh my god! <laughs> and, and it's just a combination of the way that these people read it so dryly; mm-hmm. they, they read it in a dry tone, but every one of them has this little like lilt in their inflection that it's, it's the self-awareness that they bring to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the self-awareness, well, I guess self-awareness that they bring to it. And, and the, the knowledge, I guess the, uh, the, the way that they view it as hindsight is, is just so, so perfect for <laughs> the way that they, the way that they're, they're going about this, um this, thing yeah and it, i mean it, there's some there's so much gold in this in this thing yeah. it's it's hilarious like there was one there's one guy who is he 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 prefaces it by saying like like he's he's a black guy who grew up in a conservative southern household and who they went to church like three times a week every week Ugh. and he's gay <laughs> And so his journal entries are all about him, not really, not ready to confront the fact that he's de- that he's gay. Yeah. But trying to rationalize it as rationalize the urges, the homosexual urges, as just like oh, something everyone goes through, and it's, yeah. it's the the night, na- the naivete of it, <laughs> and just the the <laughs> the. It's so charming and hilarious. It's in the, the stuff that he talks about it, it is just so funny. <laughs> I'll tell you one one bit from it to sell you on it, and I will stop talking about it. Okay. He talks about how he's friends with a guy, he's very close friends with a guy. <laughs> and and he talks about how his mom doesn't want him around and his his mom, his parents don't approve of his friendship and everything. <laughs> And then he stares at the audience and he start he reads he looks at it and then he says I think it's because he's white.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: Completely like you know he's completely unaware it's because it's clearly a kind of burgeoning homosexual kind of relationship. Oh my god. It's I, I can't speak highly enough about this. Yeah. And there's apparently I I don't know if this is any connection to it but there's an there's a documentary series on Netflix not on like not. I don't think it's. I think it's through IFC, but it's called the Mortified Sessions, uh-huh. and I think that it's basically this concept but with celebrities. Nice. Um. So I haven't checked it out. I don't know if that's actually what it is, but it that's what it seems like it nice. could possibly be.
1: I've had that movie in my queue for a long time. <laughs> really, but I've never watched it. Yeah. Just about anything documentary that looks good, I have it on my queue. Right, which is a really pretentious thing to say, but uh, no, I like documentaries. I, I guess so.
0: <laughs> no, but um, but yeah. So, so y- what? That should be the next yeah. thing you watch.
1: I'll definitely check it out.
0: Yeah, after you finish watching Black Mirror. So, <laughs> <laughs> mortified nation, check it out. Netflix. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is another documentary. <sighs> tiny are you familiar with Harmontown?
1: I'm familiar with it, but I've never watched it
0: okay the documentary or the podcast either okay Harmontown Both. is okay sorry no that's fine Harmontown is a podcast started by Dan Harmon, the creator of community who I guess I think it was I think it started around the time he he got fired from community between mm-hmm. season three and four and he basically did the stage show It's basically him and his friends. Go up, they, they just kind of just shoot the shit, all that stuff. They're on stage at, at Meltdown Comics, uh, the nerdist kind of venue, and they also do, uh, <laughs> a, a, a basically an improvised uh, D&D game <laughs> uh, at the end of each episode. And it's, it's really funny. Nice. And what happened during the podcast at one point is they basically asked the audience one time, Hey, does anyone here want to be Dungeon Master? This guy shoots his hand up, comes up, he's now their official dungeon master. Oh my god. Yeah, and once he got fired, th- that's what it was. Once he got fired, they went on tour okay. uh, around the country. And so, and and the guy who's the dungeon master is um oh my god, why can't I can't remember his name. Anyway, he um he became like he was a guest star on Community in season 5. He was uh he played Annie's brother. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um so anyway, so the documentary follows them on tour and it's about Dan Harmon. It's, it's, it's supposed to be about Dan Harmon, but then there's kind of a shift to where it talks about Spencer is the guy's name. Um, it kind of focuses on Spencer and it's about how he's just kind of this timid kind of, kind of quiet reserved guy and how mm-hmm. he's kind of really finding, finding his voice and find like really enjoying, um, doing the whole D mm-hmm. and D thing. And I mean, in that respect, it's really good to see him. It's it's a very sweet documentary about this guy who's you know just kind of kind of you know kind of down on himself sometimes, but he's also like he's finding his voice and and finding you know happiness in this thing. But <laughs> the rest of the movie, the rest of the documentary, is a I wouldn't say self aggrandizing, but a a very I, I hesitate to say cry for help, hmm. but it's a very disturbing and disappointing view into the self destructive, alcoholic, just dickheadedness of Dan Harmon. Really? Yeah. Like, I respect the hell out of the guy for creating community, mm-hmm. but. If you don't if you want to lose your respect for him, watch this documentary. Wow. Yeah, and it's it's so clear to me that he is just a, a raging alcoholic asshole. Like huh. it, like they show a clip of him playing the voicemail that Chevy Chase left him and throughout the course of the documentary, like in the in the in the um uh, in in the voicemail Chevy Chase calls him like a fat piece of shit, alcoholic hack writer and i never ever thought i would say this but over the course of the documentary i'm like i kind of agree with chevy chase oh my god i mean there's like scenes where he's i mean like they talk they go a little bit in depth with his relationship with his girlfriend Mm -hmm. and it's just like such a such a almost cringeworthy kind of thing and 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 points because he's like just kind of verbally abusive to her, kind of emotionally abusive to her. They have a scene where yeah, like they show a clip from the podcast or from the from the stage show where he's where they're they're talking about a a fight that they had. And in, in probably the most in in the most not disturbing but most raw point in the documentary. There's a talking head of Dan Harmon just explaining what goes through his head when he's just like leveling these insults at his girlfriend and and you know just just doing all this. And he goes to such depth with it. He he compares he compares his worst times as being like blacked out and going into a Almost psychotic state, not psychotic violently, okay. but an abusively, emotionally psychotic thing. He likens it to changing into John Doe from seven. Jeez. Yeah. And all I'm thinking is F- this guy. Really? Because it's not so much like, yes, okay, if he has his demons, yeah, but he is also. A very self-aware person right? who is speaking very very openly uh, and very eloquently and very lucidly. Lucidly Lucid that's the perfect word. Yeah. Lucidly about this mental state, about his mental why his mental why his men- mentality is a danger to him and his relationships with others. Uh-huh. And we know because he it like he's a famous Showrunner of yeah. a of a popular um, show. He's he's paid millions of dollars to to work to do his work. Uh-huh. So he has he has the self awareness. He has the resources to get himself better because he is a functioning alcoholic. That's yeah. essentially what the documentary boils down to. Yet he chooses it seems like he's willfully choosing not to do that. Yeah. And it's such an ugly depiction of someone who is responsible for one of the things one of the most creative and best shows I've seen. Yeah. Um and it, it's just such a just such a downer. That's it's,
1: disappointing.
0: Yeah. I, I wouldn't even say it's a downer. It's just it's it makes me angry. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Um did it has it yeah. affected your opinion of community
0: at all no and I will tell you why and this is a bit of a tangent but basically when community my history with community is at, it premiered in 2009 at the time I was taking classes at a local community college mm-hmm. and I saw a preview for it on NBC or somewhere and I thought oh I you know I'm kind of you know kind of bored with with taking college courses here and I don't know what I want to do and all that stuff and this seems just right up my alley. So I watched it on the PlayStation Network the week before it premiered. It had it and it had it for free on the PlayStation Store. And I watched the first episode. And I was I was hooked immediately. Yeah, me too. yeah, oh yeah. So I watched it. Loved every second. I, I I've I've been a hardcore community fan, but the second when the second episode aired when uh when Pierce and Jeff had their presentation in, in Spanish class, and Pierce wanted to do this whole elaborate kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I remember on Reddit, or it might have actually been FARC, because that's how long ago it was. I was browsing <laughs> FARC. But wow. um, someone in the comments, there was like kind of a chain of comments where people were like, Oh, you know, I think it started with someone saying back when like i was i was a performer in la i was i was doing i was doing improv at this place and dan harmon was a part of my group and me and my wife were sitting down and watching community and we kind of noticed some traits that were similar to dan harmon's style doing improv and he said and obviously this is a completely baseless accusation i know nothing about this is a completely anonymous thing Mm -hmm. but he said that he was he was like as soon as i saw them dancing around and doing just just the most the most out there humor i thought this is a dan Harmon show because apparently that's how he acted in improv he wasn't he wasn't doing a give and take thing he was just going as as big and as he was destructive to it to it and yeah with the knowledge I have of Dan Harmon now, that seems appropriate to his character. Huh. Um, and he says in the documentary, he says that uh, he says it jokingly with a hint of you know honesty that he has a writing staff on Community, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, he has that to kind of back him up. And like in throughout the course of the documentary, he has um, he has a, a pilot commitments or, or uh, he has scripts that are due to a couple networks and the entire course of the documentary is how he's, he's not, he's procrastinating, which I mean, you know, that's uh, a common trait with any writer. Yeah. Um, I swear I'm going to finish my decade reviews on obsessive Europe <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's an ugly, ugly documentary though. And okay. it does, it doesn't negatively, negatively affect my opinion of community because community is a communal effort. And, all that. But the, the one thing that did bug me so much about the documentary, though, mm-hmm. is not so much his personality coming through, but it's the. I would go so far as to say the enabling of his friends in the documentary. They, like, there's at least twice in the documentary where someone says he's a tortured genius. And I'm like, dude, no, he's just an abusive guy who happens to write some good scripts. Wow. And it's just, it's like, don't, don't label him as this tortured soul genius thing when he's willfully ignoring the fact that he has a problem or he's, Mm -hmm. he's aware of the problem. He just is borderline sociopathic. Mm-hmm. To the point where he doesn't—he just chooses not to do anything about it. Wow!
1: I really want to watch it now.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, huh. yeah. Um, yeah. So that's Harmondtown. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it'd be funny. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. There's some funny parts in it, but yeah. I mean, you know, it's also, Damn. yeah. Um, finally, the last thing I watched on Netflix, um, was Galaxy Quest. Nice. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it's a great idea for a movie. It really is, and yeah. I love Sam Rockwell. Yeah. He's he's great. So funny in that movie. Yeah, and it it was so great to see him in that role because he plays the, – the movie's about um, essential, uh, uh, <laughs> a canceled sci-fi show that has a cult following that does conventions, much like Star Trek. Yeah. And they're at a convention, and uh, aliens basically take them to save their galaxy, thinking that they're actual space people. Right. So anyway, uh, Sam Rockwell plays a character who is essentially a red shirt who knows he's a red shirt. Yeah. And having just read John Scalzi's uh, novel Red Shirts and being utterly disappointed in it, mm-hmm. this was so refreshing to see this this concept. In this one, in Sam Rockwell's character alone executed so well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, the movie was just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I also really like Alan Rickman in that. Yeah, he's fantastic. Just yeah, like a snobbish guy. <laughs> yeah, that was so great for him. Oh yeah, good movie.
0: Yeah, I I agree. It's on Netflix also.
1: Features a unknown at the time, Rain Wilson.
0: That's true, and he's yeah. like he's like bare, kind of blinking. You you'll miss it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Also, yeah. uh, Tony Shalhoub from uh, right. Wings. I, I know him from Wings. Everyone attributes him to Monk. Monk, that was right. Big role, but <laughs> he'll always be Antonio Scarpaci. Totes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I've been Bogarding this po- potpourri free band name. <laughs> Mike, if you're listening, that should be as good as it gets. N- <laughs> like, first, like, LP. Bogarded potpourri. Yeah. Bogarding the potpourri. <laughs> <laughs> or that should be the ballad about me. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, what do you got, Tiny? Oh man, you know, I think that's a that's about all I got really.
1: Um there's some other stuff I've watched, but I think we're going to talk about it in the future. House cards.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, Look for that episode. We're going to have a bonus episode with with Greg. Yes,
1: from and and I started watching the uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, <laughs> but I've only watched the first episode. Uh-huh. So I'd like to watch more of it. Um do you want to talk about Parks and Rec real quick?
0: I do want to talk about Parks and Rec okay. real quick.
1: I don't have a lot to say about it, really. Okay. Um, I thought it was a really lock- lackluster final season or final episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. Were there eight of them? Six of them?
0: It was something It was something pretty short. Yeah, like six yeah.
1: six episodes. Um, I mean, the, the,
0: the second. I think it was like 13. Was it? Was it? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, go ahead. Maybe they split it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't uh, remember. Oh, no No, what they did. I think it was I think it was 13 episodes, but I think what they did was they like dumped it basically. It was like two episodes a week. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Um I basically just
1: flew through it and got it done. Um mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just I mean, I think they wrapped up the characters pretty well in mm-hmm. the the finale itself. Um but the rest of the episodes I think were just kind of I don't know. I I just didn't I just didn't care. Um Really? I was never real crazy about that show to begin with. Really? I I th- I mean, I don't think it was a bad show by any mm-hmm. stretch. Um but I just I never I, I never connected to it the way I did with The Office. Sure. And I, I think that show just just kind of rode The Office's coattails. Okay. And never quite achieved that um specifically with the relationships. Um I I mean, Jim and Pam Far surpasses Leslie and Adam, or like, what's his name?
0: Uh,
1: uh. Ben. Ben. Ben Wyatt. Ben Wyatt. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, that that was the biggest thing is the the relationships and even a lot of the friendships. I mean, Leslie Nope was was very Michael Scottish, and she she liked she was in love with all her employees, kind of like Michael Scott was. But I just never feel like. I don't know. I, it just it just never took me the way that The Office did, the relationships did, especially, um, and the, I I just can't help but compare it to that, and I was ultimately a little disappointed with it. But. Okay, but it was it wasn't bad. I mean, like I said, that fin the uh, the Johnny Karate Awesome Fun Time Show episode was really fun. Yeah. Um, that was that was good, and then the finale itself I enjoyed where they it showed i I, I like the way it was presented where Leslie would kind of embrace one of the characters and then they would show the future of what happens to that character it was it was nice to look at i mean mm. I thought it was kind of nice
0: mm.
1: that's that's what I keep saying is
0: it was it was nice <laughs> um, right um yeah. you know it's it's funny because i had my my issue with the final season was the time jump. Um, mm-hmm, I yeah. felt like so much of the final season was so much of the comedy in the final season was hinged on them making just these really somewhat easy jokes, like at the about technology, like oh, yeah, um yeah the new the new Jason Bourne movie who thought Kevin James would be the new or whoever yeah it was just like kind of just these are just easy targets it was lazy yeah lazy yeah. that that's definitely the word I would use um but that final episode though something something about it spoke to me really? um <laughs> it's 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 nice that I'm talking to you about this because I feel like maybe i I don't think I'll sway your opinion, but I think you'll understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. because the way she embraced everyone and and it it you know showed showed them and everything evoked so many feelings of lost um, oh really yeah God. um it, and uh, i think that just really that really spoke to me and i mean it was touching uh, to me it was you know just seeing getting to see all these characters who i mean i was i was pretty attached to the character i agree i wasn't as attached to uh, to the characters on the office or as i was on the office mm-hmm. but i was um very much attached to the characters and, and the situations and and everything okay and just seeing just seeing i don't know seeing them being resolved in such a such a well organized way, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, was just really pleasing to me. And I, I mentioned on Facebook that I loved it more than the office finale. And I definitely stand by that. Um, did you ever, you I finished? Did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, you know, the thing that I had comparing the two, the issue I had with the office finale was that. Again, that also had a a bit of a time jump, I guess, Mm -hmm. but uh, something about it just felt a little rushed. Like they kind of did, yeah. It was they just had a you know, I mean, it came at the end of a weak season, much like Parks and Rec is uh, not. Parks and Rec's final season wasn't as weak as the Office's final season, in my eyes. Yeah, Um, or the final few seasons of the Office, I would say. Mm -hmm. But that finale of the Office where it had the wedding. I mean, they're they're fairly similar finales, actually. They had the surprise, su- the no one was surprised cameo uh, or guest appearance on the finale mm-hmm. of of Michael Scott coming back. Spoiler alert! <laughs> um, and then, much like in that and Parks and Rec, they had the notable guest appearance from from characters that left. Um, <laughs> although surprisingly absent was Mark Brandanowitz. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, yeah. Which I think everyone is just forgetting that he exists, right? So, so what I'm getting, at, I'm kind of rambling here, but the Parks and Rec finale was a fitting finale for me, and I really appreciated the way that it wrapped up all the storylines. Okay,
1: I think one of my issues with the show, just overall, was that I feel like The Office had characters that were grounded. Mm-hmm. So, like, like Jim and Pam were normal people; they were just people yeah. right but like you know michael was weird and uh, angela had weird quirks and dwight was nuts right so you have those you have those eccentric characters that give it flair and stuff but i feel like parks and rex characters were all flair like they okay. they all had some weird quirk to them there was no character that was just grounded the only one you can make an argument for was Anne. Mm -hmm. Because she wasn't really, she didn't have any weird quirk. right? But like Leslie was obsessed with her job. Ron was anti-government and weird Mm -hmm. and anti-social. April just wanted everyone to die and be miserable. Andy was a remarkable moron.
0: God, I love him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tom Haverford was stupidly ambitious and... Yes,
0: and very... Self-centered. Self-centered. I was going to say clubby. (laughs) (laughs) Douchey. Douchey, there you go.
1: He was a walking frat. (laughs) <laughs> yes um so i feel like there was no there, there was just it didn't have good roots okay in that sense yeah, the characters. i can agree it's it's a small gripe and i think you can make it work without that but i'm not sure that parks and rec quite got there okay uh, that's just how i feel about it hmm. i don't want to take anything away from it though i mean right I, think, I mean i think it deserved all the seasons it got and everything
0: right. so i mean it's no two and a half men oh gosh no. but um, i mean No, uh, and I'll kind of dovetail into a a, a tangent about that. What I've noticed, this came up in a lot of discussion about uh, the Fantastic Four trailer Mm -hmm. where it seems like there there was a shot in the Fantastic Four trailer where it showed like a car driving down just a farmland. Yeah. And that same kind of shot is echoed in, in Interstellar. You know, farmland. And, and also in notable in the trailer and in the um, finished movie of J.J. Abrams' Star Trek,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it you know there was a discussion about that where it seemed like it's it seems like Hollywood has this weird lack of understanding of Middle America, mm-hmm. and they kind of dump all of this all of these kind of just bland thing like the flyover states are all farmland and, and stuff like that like right you have someone from indiana oh there's you know they're boring they're they're you know farmers stuff like that yeah it's kind of you know it's it kind of it kind of bugs me a little bit but with parks and rec it so much of the humor is steeped in the small town weirdness and just how they're not really the small town disconnect of, of modern society, I guess mm-hmm. uh, disconnect from modern society and how they're all just crazy. And what I don't, I think that that was used to fantastic effect in parks and rec, mm-hmm. especially in the scenes where they had a kind of uh, uh when they had scenes involving an open forum, just yeah. some of the most golden stuff is in, is in that, um, I t- I talked last week I think it was last week about Harris Wittles who passed away. Uh like he he was a he was an executive producer, writer for the show, all that stuff. And he had a a bit part in here and there, popped up here and there in the show. And one of the ones is in an open forum where he's where they're talking about what to do with a, with a lot or something like that, and then he's like, "I think it should be a topless park." <laughs> and then it it just it, it just escalates from there, then yeah. he's like, "I think I think he says he then says I like that idea some oh so he's like I like that idea that some hero had about a topless park. <laughs> but anyway, wow. What I'm getting at here, and I've been rambling a lot in this episode. I apologize to our listeners and to the television gods. <laughs> anyway, I've been rambling a lot in this episode. But what I'm getting at is that I noticed in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt that it kind of there's there's this weird like humor at Indiana's expense. Yeah, and yeah, like even from from the first episode you can tell, and then they they kind of really dive into it in a few episodes. Yeah, I'm very curious what your take is going to be on that. Okay. Um. Yeah, I won't say like how I felt about it, but mm. I mean, I think you know how I feel about the damn show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been wa- I've watched it twice. <laughs> um. Wow. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Um. Anything else, Tiny? Uh, no. Not for now. Yeah. Not I for now. I, I don't think I got it. Oh, Pixels trailer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Looks kind of fun. Looks fun. Looks cool. I like the concept. Yeah. I don't like good, the yeah. cast. <laughs> oh really? Well, I mean, I. Well, I mean, I. You know, just I don't think Peter Dinklage can act. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Adam Sandler and Kevin, Kevin James, James give yeah. me a bit of pause, but. Yeah, I mean you know, but Josh Gad and Peter Dinklage. Yeah, that yeah. that evens it out. Right. Yep. We'll see. We will see because we are the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. We are. We watched minus yes minus one host.
1: Yes, who was a massive Adam Sandler fan.
0: Yes. 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 He said that Adam Sandler is a genius. Yes. And that Adam Sandler is the reason why, Mike White. Is the man he is today? Yes.
1: Something like once or twice a week he will type into eBay Adam Sandler's hair. Yes. To try to find some regularly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hates Bob Barker. Mm-hmm. Uh that's Mike in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. All right, so anyway, listen to our <laughs> Summer of Sandler series. Yes, please do. Oh, my God. Okay, this episode is done, I think. I Off think the rails. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, Mike, we love you, and we, res- we respect your opinion. Yes. Love you, buddy. Yes. Yes. I mean, he doesn't love Adam Sandler. <laughs> I know. He's as disenfranchised with Adam Sandler as the rest of America is. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just wanted to clear that up. Yes, good deal. At I am Mike White on Twitter. (laughs) Okay, uh, we're going to throw it to the pre recorded outros, but I wanted to thank everyone for listening to this episode of The Obsessive Viewer. Again, you can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com.
1: And how do you feel, Tony? Uh, real quick, okay. check out uh, the Nerds Domain podcast. I'm going to be on an <gasps> upcoming episode yes. with uh, their lead host, Matt Quiet. We're going to go see the Insurgent movie nice. and do like an immediate review of it.
0: Yes, um, much like we did with uh, Jurassic Park with him. Much like that, okay. yes. Links to all these in the show notes. Well, except for the Insurgent thing, because that'll be later. Yes. But yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. it. I'm excited for that. I, I, I mean, I haven't seen... Uh, the reason I'm not going is I haven't seen Divergent. Divergent, yeah. And uh, I'm I'm kind of busy <laughs> with packing and all that, but I'm, right.
1: I'm excited. I'm excited.
0: Me too. Yeah. Awesome. All right. All right. That about does it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know it's crazy. You still getting over a cough? I. You know, it seems like every. F- time I get a cold I have like like the amount of time I spend having the cold is like triple the amount of time I have a cough after I'm done with the cold, if that makes sense, yes, if Matt is traveling with a cold for <laughs> for three days and then he has. X is the amount of time that he spends with a cough after the cold, as runs its course. X is three times. Gotcha. The okay. amount of days. Okay. Solve for X.
1: Okay. Um, gotcha.
0: Y is the day, of, the amount of days, and then and Y in that that equation. Would you be actually like complicated three days. it more. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And he's on a train traveling. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, that's train, that's <laughs> Nice. as always loyal listeners thank you for listening to the obsessive viewer podcast and thank you of course to loud like for providing our awesome opening theme music their first ep uh their first of a few actually coming out in the next few months check them out uh anyway it's called mistakes we must make and features our theme song and eclipse of events um, make sure that you rate and review us on iTunes after you listen to this episode. It helps us out a lot. Uh, and it gives us the ability to say, hey, people like us. Also, please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. And you can follow each of us on Twitter. You can find Matt at obsessive viewer, tiny is obsessive tiny, and me, Mike. I'm at I am Mike White on Twitter. You can also check out the blog at obsessiveviewer.com where all three of us, but mostly Matt, review movies and TV shows and uh, talk about all kinds of things. It's kind of the the written form of this podcast. Um, You can also check out Obsessive Book Nerd, which has book reviews and commentary on the evolving world of reading. And also check out Tiny's The Secular Perspective, which is a podcast exploring the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. Um, If you have any thoughts on the podcast in general or this particular podcast you just listened to or even suggestions for future podcasts, please, please email us individually at Matt, Tiny or Mike at ObsessiveViewer.com. Or you can just email the podcast directly as a whole kind of directed to all three of us at podcast at ObsessiveViewer.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.